one of the things that my husband told me when we were deep into the fertility process and I was just, you know, I was just bawling my eyes out. I was saying it wasn't fair. You know, why do I have to go through this? Nobody else does. He, you know, his way to, you know, comfort me, which I'm actually grateful for now (laughs) was, you know, he told me, Emily, you know, everyone has a struggle and this just happens to be ours. And I don't know how many times I've told myself in this process when things get really hard that while it may seem like somebody else has it easier or you see a mom at the park and she looks all put together or, you know, you know, why is her child behaving and mine is not or how can she do all those things? And I'm, everybody has a struggle. It's just you can't see it. Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. Welcome to the Juna Women Podcast, where I sit down with mamas to talk about their health, their work, their parenting, and all the different ways that they're keeping it together. Juna is a fitness and nutrition app created to help guide you through your pregnancy and motherhood journey. Everything we do is to empower and support you through one of the most incredible and challenging times of your life. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Emily Watson, a fertility and wellness coach who helps women and their partners take control of their health, navigate their fertility, and find clarity in parenthood. She does this with a strong focus on diet and lifestyle and by teaching you how to work on relationships with yourself and others. On this episode, we talk about Emily's journey to becoming a mom and how she founded her business, My Nest Well, at the same time she was having her baby. Emily saw a big hole in the market for connecting moms with the support they need, whether that was during fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, or beyond. And she has created an amazing resource to help moms at every stage. Sorry in advance if the audio quality is slightly different than you're used to. We were having some audio issues, but the interview is great, so I still wanted to release and make sure you guys got to hear it. Enjoy. Emily, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today to talk about your business as well as your pregnancies and postpartum experience. So let's get started. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell me who you're a mom to? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So my name is Emily Watson, and I am the founder of My Nestwell. So it's a new platform that helpful, expecting, and new moms to maternal wellness providers locally and virtually. And, you know, I'm, I'm mom to my daughter, an 18-month-old girl, who inspired this all. Her name is Esme. And, you know, I'm also the, the wife to a, a forever student, a medical resident. What, what is he, what kind of medicine does he practice? So he was in radiology and he switched to dermatology. So we're in this life adventure together. <laughs> nice, nice. All new beginnings, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you said your daughter's eight months? 18 months. Yeah. 18 months. Okay. Got it. Very cool. That's, I just ran into people at the park yesterday and they were like, yeah, I thought 18 months to three years was like the hardest for our girl. And I was like, I would second that. (laughs) My daughter who's two and a half is like, just, you know, her own person. It's so funny you say that because, you know, leading up to this 18 month stage, we kept hearing, oh, you know, enjoy it while it lasts, enjoy it while it lasts. And, you know, they were like, this is really the honeymoon stage. And, you know, you're kind of in denial. And then sure enough, they are right. (laughs) They start to discover their independence and they have demands, not no no longer needs, but demands. And trying to rationalize with somebody who can't fully communicate is a struggle. (laughs) Totally. And they're not logical. You might like, they're like little terrorists, right? (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. There's no negotiating with something. Yes, exactly. And but they also it's also a fun stage in the sense that they are starting to discover things. And you know, what I appreciate is her in, enjoyment of the really simple things and finding finding joy in the things that are banal to us. And it it especially like coming out of the holiday season where as adults we're kind of jaded. Um, but kids make us like relive this with a new perspective. I totally agree. I also don't, I like, I never say enjoy it while it lasts. I think it's kind of obnoxious, but like the second thing is it's also, while it's really, these are like new hard stages, there's also like the most amazing things that happen Mm -hmm. when they become these independent people that it's like, yeah, yeah, I can take the good with the bad, like in the hard with the easy, but I absolutely, it's also as much as 18 months to three years has been hard. It's also like, she's a person and she's being her own, like becoming her own person and, it's it, yeah I, it's you get both and that's what's fun yeah <laughs> I don't know if you feel this way but there are moments where you're equally like torn between crying because they're growing up so fast and then wanting them to grow up faster and you know it's this weird feeling that you know before com- becoming a parent I could not even imagine I have so much more appreciation now for what my mom went through you know, with four kids and, and my sister went through before me, it's, it's just a journey. And, you know, we're on it. And I, it's very much like practicing, enjoying the process. And, you know, trying to soak up every moment. I could not agree more. So with that said, I want to hear a little bit about your journey to become a mother. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of us kind of have this idea that you want a baby, you make a baby and you have the baby, right? (laughs) And at least, you know, for the the women before me and my family, that was pretty much the case. It was pretty straightforward. You know, I think we all have hiccups along the journey, but mine came really early and my husband and I struggled to conceive our daughter. And that was a real, that was a, a personal struggle for me because I was in the wellness space. I had been doing health coaching and I thought I knew all of the things. And then suddenly something that I felt I should have known more about, which was my reproductive wellness, I didn't actually know as much about. And, you know, we struggled for a year to conceive before, you know, I I felt kind of silly actually going to my OB and telling her that, hey, look, we're trying to have a baby and something seems to be not working, right? I felt like I was supposed to know more. And, and, but that's what she was there for. And I just wasn't using her enough. And I wasn't asking the questions, but I also didn't know what questions to ask. You know, I had, you know, classic, you know, you try for so long not to make a baby. And then when you do want one, that's when you, you realize you can't. And, you know, being on birth control for since I was, what, 16 for hormonal acne and then the IUD and the the arm implant and all the things. And then suddenly, you know, when we try to get pregnant, we can't. And, you know, after about a year, I went to my OB and started to have that conversation about, you know, what's going on, (laughs) you know, and getting all the tests. And pretty soon, you know, there was, on the one hand, it was confusing because it was, there was no clear like contributing factor. It was, you know, the classic unexplained fertility, infertility. And, and that was frustrating because it was like, well, how do I fix this? And, but on the other hand, it was like, okay, well, it's not just me. I'm not doing something wrong. There's something wrong with my ovulation. And so she referred me to a reproductive endocrinologist. And, you know, I don't think any woman imagined finding herself in a fertility clinic, but, you know, that started to open the conversation up to things that I could 
be doing myself and then how science could also help me. And as you know, somebody who had always been interested in wellness and thought I was like practicing all the, the good things of nutrition and exercise. And I really had to like re-examine that. And, you know, my, my fertility doctor kind of gave me some homework to do on my own, but I also started to research things like blogs and podcasts and, you know, just went down the Google hole, right, of all these things I could do. And, you know, over time, I kind of modified some of the things that I was doing. And I think, you know, going back to like nutrition and, and wellness, I think there's this idea of what we have of what wellness is and it's all the vegetables you can eat and, you know, move as much as you can. And, you know, I, I think there's like a balance when it comes to fertility and kind of optimizing those things for fertility looks different than the wellness we often see on like Instagram. And, totally. Well, and, you know, you know I, I have a question. I want to interrupt because I don't want to get too far away from the, the point that you made. So you had said that your reproductive endocrinologist sent you home with some homework. Just in curiosity, what was that homework? Yeah, that's a great point. So I, you know, was, I love to move. I was an athlete growing up. And so exercise was a big part of my life. And so was like healthy eating. But I realized, you know, she told me to move less <laughs> and to eat more healthy fats, which, you know, now coming through it all, yes. But that's really hard when, you know, you see people who, are running marathons and getting pregnant or, you know, eating totally plant-based and getting pregnant, you know, it's a, it's, it's a compromise of, you know, your values and what you like to do, but what is best for your health? And I think there are seasons for things. And, you know, for me, it was really important. I wanted to make a baby. I wanted to, you know, be able to conceive. And so I think there are kind of seasons in which you recognize what you need to do best for your body. And I think our reproductive health is, definitely a signal that something's off right because if you can't provide if you're not giving yourself enough nutrients and you know sleeping enough and and living a stress-free life and you know not stress-free but reduce stress then how are you going to grow a baby and and have a healthy nurturing environment for it to thrive you know I think going through the process really kind of reframed my idea of wellness and you know but at the same time I was still seeing my fertility doctor because I was doing my homework, but I was also, you know, starting to take, you know, I went through a few months of not doing anything, but just getting counseling from her. And then I started eventually kind of finding acupuncturists and to support me along the way and the therapist. And, you know, we can get into that later, but, you know, I had a lot of support going into the process and, you know, we started with all the medications eventually. And then, you know, we moved, we did that after a few, I think it was like four or five failed cycles and then some canceled cycles, which, you know, I say it like, oh, like it was nothing, but it was really miserable. Um, Every month is just a a roller coaster. Oh yeah. And then disappointment and frustration and anger and happy. Like it's, Oh, yeah, yeah, you're curing it all. And, you know, it's really hard to find now being in this space, I know that I wasn't alone. But at the time, I felt very alone. And, you know, eventually, we had to have the conversation, you know, do we keep trying, you know, these methods, do we stop trying and just take a break? Or do we, and we'd already taken a break before, and then or do we 
proceed with kind of, you know, IVF. And my husband and I had a really difficult conversation and it was, you know, it's ultimately a math problem. At the time, you know, a lot of things were out of pocket for us and that was hard. And it was like, well, if we want to, if we don't want to maybe try to go through this again and we, we are successful with, you know, really great egg retrieval, then maybe if we want to have more than one kid, if this is successful, we want to have more than one kid, then we have, you know, we have some extra embryos. So we ultimately went down the IVF route, but I remember, you know, we had that conversation with my doctor and I remember just falling in the car when we, when my husband and I made it back into the parking lot, because I was like, never envisioned going through that process. I, you know, there was a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and, I know now that I, sh- I should not have been feeling those things, but I, there was a lot of my body has failed me. What have I done? There was so much blame um, on myself. And, you know, but I, at the same time, I was feeling all those things, but I was still trying to do the work to, to undo those feelings and emotions. But I think they're natural. And, you know, ultimately, we went through the IVF process. And, you know, luckily, we got pregnant the first time. But I know you know, I, I know that doesn't happen for everyone and I'll be pretty candid. We tried again pretty recently and it didn't work. And, you know, I, there's no one reason why I think it, it didn't and did, but I think it's a confluence of factors and, you know, and certainly having the right mindset going into these things is, is so important and having the right people around you. We're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about the Juna app, which is the app that makes this podcast possible. Juna is the only pregnancy and postpartum fitness and nutrition app with more than 200 pregnancy and postpartum safe workouts. The app also includes a key nutrient to focus on every week. For example, in week 16, Juna recommends vitamin C because vitamin C supports healthy lung development and it boosts immunity and it lowers the risk of developing preeclampsia. From there, we give you delicious recipes that help you get that exact nutrient in your life both quickly and easily. Juna also includes daily diaphragmatic breathing exercises as well as pelvic floor prep to keep things intact before and after labor. We also provide you daily tips to get you through each stage of your pregnancy and are constantly adding more to the experience. Lastly, every week there is a note from me that is relevant to the exact things you're experiencing. These are so helpful for easing any fears you may have as well as preventing gestational Google mania, the sickness where you can't stop Googling every little thing that happens during pregnancy. You can find the app by searching Juna in the iOS app store or visiting juna.co. And the best part is when you enter your due date or baby's birthday for postpartum, the app will automatically place you exactly where you're supposed to be. As a Juno Women podcast listener, we are offering you your first 30 days free. This deal is only available through our website. Go to juna.co, and when you get to the credit card page, use coupon code JUNAPOD, all in caps. Again, that is J-U-N-A-P-O-D, all in caps. Now, back to the show. How many embryos did you get? Were you, are you guys still... Yeah, yeah. You know what? It seems like when you first start out, right? How it works is you get your eggs, and then you kind of each successful or each cycle, kind of when they wait for the embryos to get or the eggs to get to a certain stage to then fertilize with the embryos, you kind of lose things in the process, right? right? And yeah, yeah, exactly. Which you know, I had no idea about until I was in the process. And so yeah, we had we were lucky to get five, which seems like 
you know, a lot. We were just like so happy, you know, because we we ultimately went yeah. the genetic testing route. Not everybody does, but we, you know, it's it's another way to optimize things. And you know, after consulting lots of people, we did decide to do that. And so we did get five, and that that felt like a lot at the time. And then we used one, and it was super successful. Yay! We have Esme now. But now it seems like we don't have many. Right. You get in, you get into this. You you go back into the what if it doesn't work or I, I think there's a certain amount of trauma associated with infertility and the fear of it not working because you know what it's like for it not to work, you know what it's like for it not to happen. And you know I think it's that's why it's so important, I think, to continue to, to seek professional help and to support you along the way because it's a lot to carry on your own. It's a lot on your relationship family and friends don't typically understand your partner is really trying and they're experiencing this sort of ex process themselves in a, in a different yeah. way. And so for you to be able to lean on a third party, either for, you know, actual like wellness support or, you know, the services, or if it's just like a space in which you feel like you can be heard and held. I'm glad you bring up the partner. I, you know, like it's, it, it is so hard for them you know, because we like they're experiencing this on their own, but they're also experiencing it through you. And so they're trying, you know, trying to be supportive, trying mm -hmm. to be all these things, but like they're also going through their own thing. And I feel like that stuff, if you're not doing therapy, I mean, like that stuff will come up later. <laughs> like it's oh, just absolutely. inevitably does. I mean, even in pregnancy, right? They, they don't experience this body changes and they don't get you know you're essentially bonding with baby in some capacity for what nine and a half months and they don't get that they don't feel the hormonal shift they don't feel the physical changes and you know how do you connect with your partner during that process how do you connect with them you know in the the preconception stage i think it's i think it's really important and something that we realize pretty late into the process and but I, I'm glad we eventually realized it, right? Because I think it set us up a little bit better in in the pregnancy and postpartum period, yeah. when communic when communication is sometimes a little harder, especially in the the fourth trimester when yeah. you're both sleep deprived and you know mom is trying, dad is trying, but it, yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Totally. So speaking of that, how was your pregnancy? <clears throat> you know, I think after the struggles of the fertility process, it felt so much easier. But with a caveat, you know, one, the first trimester was pretty miserable. I had morning sickness and nobody else in my, no other female in my family had morning sickness. And so they just didn't quite understand. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, oh, that happens. And, you know, but by that period, by the time I got to pregnancy, I had learned to ask for help. I had learned to ask for people. So I was no longer carrying all of this by myself. And so it, while it felt easier and, you know, I had worked through, done a lot of the deep work and worked through a lot of the doubt and the, you know, the fear and the anxiety, I had learned who to call on. So it felt easier. And I, I caught on those people a lot. I think I need two hands to count the number of people that were kind of in my village, the professionals. And, you know, and then of course I had family and friends, but 
I think, you know, pregnancy to me, I look back on it very fondly. I, I love, there were so many moments that I loved, but then, you know, while everything did seem to be going smoothly around 36 weeks, I found out our insurance was changing. My daughter was breached and I was going to have to change hospitals and open groups. And that's when it was just like all at once, like where it, it just felt a little panicky and I had to do, you know, that's when I, I was so glad I had my people, but you know, up until that point I had, you know, I had prepared more for postpartum than actually the birth process. Oh, um, you're the I, first person on here that said that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I mean, I had, you know, I think, you know, I had eventually found myself in this space. I, and I had just been reading so many books and, you know, I probably should have done more on like the birth prep. I, I did do a childbirth education class. I talked to a lot of people about it. I, you know, had envisioned, oh, catching my daughter on my chest. I was there actually in the room when my older sister delivered her first child. And, and, you know, she was a resident at the time in the hospital. And so they were a little loose on like protocols. And so I think there were like five or six of us. And, and I remember looking at my younger sister and being like, whoa, that is not supposed to happen. But like when the baby, you know, she's crowning and coming out and I was like, whoa, that is amazing. But it was also scary. But I was also, I had always envisioned catching my daughter on my chest, just like my sister had done. And, you know, I had to do a lot of work to kind of set myself up for a different version of birth and what it was going to look like for me. Because with a, my daughter being breech, you know, I entertained doing, you know, I tried the moxibustion, I entertained doing a version. I got in all the positions. I was doing all the yoga, right, to try to flip her. I was talking to her. I was all of that. But then I came to peace with, came to peace with the fact that she was breech and she was there for a reason. You know, I was like, even if she flips, what if I have, what if there's a reason she was breached and I have to go in for an emergency, I'm laboring and I have to go in for an emergency C-section. You know, I went down that hole and I was just like, I don't, you know, I'd rather be prepared for a C-section than be mentally and emotionally prepared for a vaginal delivery only to end up with a surgical delivery and me not be in that mental and emotional space. You know, I, in addition to doing all the other postpartum prep, you know, I was stocking my freezer. I, you know, I was like, I read like Nurture. I read, you know, the fourth trimester by Kimberly Snyder. I read, oh, the first 40 days. I read all of these things on how to nourish yourself and, and the people to have and all the things in the postpartum period. Cause my husband was also going right back to work being a resident. He got no time off. And so I realized that I was going to need some extra help and, and to do some, some homework. And, you know, I also started to mentally prepare for a, a C-section. And so I think, you know, ultimately, while it wasn't the birth that I had envisioned, I mean, it was weird, you know, going into the hospital for a scheduled C-section, having no signs of labor. And, you know, I felt like I missed out. I, I felt like I, you know, people talk about their contractions and the, and you know, right. and the experience, right? And I didn't get that. 
but I got a different experience and I got a healthy baby at the end. And, you know, I think ultimately one of the, the best parts about the whole experience was my husband actually got, I, I did like cheek to cheek. They, I was really, you know, I communicated with my doctor, Hey, I, you know, I'm disappointed that I have a C-section, but is there any way we can do some sort of skin to skin in the OR? And and then they, you know, they did the cheek to cheek thing and, you know, as late and all the things, but it was really special as my husband actually had to do the skin to skin while they sutured me up. And he was with us for a good, like 20, 25 minutes before I even made it in there. And he like, you know, to see him speak about that experience and to have that you know, I didn't have it, but I can live it through him, right? I had all those other moments. I got to breastfeed and all the things. But yeah. I think that was really special, especially all that we had gone through to get there, all the fertility process, you know, pregnancy, he didn't get to share, but he got to have that moment. And I think that set us on a really great foot for him feeling, you know, you know I ended up having my doula there, even though I was having a C-section. She supported me all along the way. And she was like there after the surgery and everything. And she got to help him and really empower him and bring a lot of confidence into the situation. I love that. That's just such a, I feel like you are literally the most prepared first time mom that I've like ever come across. I feel like you (laughs) had all the research, read all the books and like prepared yourself and made the best out of whatever experience was given to you. That's just, I love that story. That's so wonderful to hear. And it's also really nice that your husband got to have that imprinting moment and kind of share in that experience with you. Yeah, yeah, it was special. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I I did do a lot of work and I read a lot, but I got to see, you know, I also got to see my sister go through her experience. And I, I was surrounded by so many amazing, you know, and, this gets back to like my nestle but you know i they're ultimately like the village that i wanted and i was able to tap into them and you know i don't think if i had not gone through the fertility process and had to ask for help and really do a lot of research beforehand that i would have would have been able to access these resources but also i wouldn't have known about them I was just so fortunate to, to to be part of this community before I was even a mom myself. You know, I, yes, I'm, and I'm sure, but I, I still, I went through a similar thing and I still didn't take the bull by the horns like you did. <laughs> like in terms, like I, like I, I, and I did, I had an acupuncturist, but I was very much in the moment. What are the mm-hmm. things that I need right now? And I, I think yeah. what's really cool about what you did is like you had the foresight and obviously, you know, we're going to talk about your postpartum experience, but I think all of the things like you were able to set up the things that you needed in the future and figure mm-hmm. out like, what you might need. And I just think that's really cool. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks. I think, you know, I think it's normal for us. I, we're so in, ingrained to think that so many aspects of motherhood come naturally and that we should know. And I think there is that voice inside us. I think I truly believe in a mother's intuition, but sometimes it just needs to be cultivated more. And sometimes we just need a few tools to help us get there, you know, which is, you know, you guys are doing that at Juno, which I think is so cool. It's like you're giving practical tools and tips that we need to just hear our inner voice a little louder. Yes. I, you know, and, you know, to your point, it's like we all have a mother's intuition. It's just how much 
like how much we trust our intuition. And I think motherhood brings up like the, all of the insecurities that you might've had about other things. Oh my God. So how much you trust yourself is really what, like where that, where that comes to play, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Doesn't it, it it just exposes all of the doubts, vulnerabilities, your insecurity exactly that you had, you know, when you were growing up, when you were, you know, a teenager, when you were in college, all these things are starting to manifest in different ways. And it's, but it's all happening like inside your head and it's all happening inside your heart and your gut. And like, how do you get those things, you know, how do you, get those things to like quiet down to hear like the real strength inside you. And you know, it's a journey. Yeah. It's funny. Like even, you know, I was going back and forth on tests with my friend and I'm like the mental math that I do on an everyday basis, just trying (laughs) to figure out like, Oh, you know, the sleep schedule and eating, whatever it is, it's just, you're like, I constantly have to make decision after decision. And like, even my husband who's wonderful, he's what time does sleep? I need to go down. And I'm like, I just like, why am I the owner of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's quick. The, oh God, yeah, the mental load. <laughs> it is. It is real. But let's talk about your postpartum experience. So you had set up, like, what? I guess tell me who was in your court. Like, what were the professionals you called on? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, first of all, my mom was there for my my section kind of recovery because you're not allowed to drive my husband went back to work so she was there for two weeks you know and then my sister actually came down for a weekend she drove 10 hours something insane to just come for two days to, to just be there she you know she was the one to just hold my baby you know I think everybody's different some people want to hold their baby and some people want to to just let go of their baby for a bit and and take care of themselves you know she was there to tell me what to do almost but I also you know I had there were some people that I had kind of in my back pocket that I didn't have to ultimately use but you know a lactation consultant was somebody that I had on like speed dial but I ultimately I was so fortunate that I didn't have to do that you know one of the benefits of being I see it as a benefit not everybody may agree but because I had the c-section I was in the hospital for four days Five, yes, four or five days, which I was actually really, I was totally unenthused about it when I realized that was a protocol. But then I realized like your milk hasn't come in yet. Usually when, by the time you're sent home and, you know, I had being in the hospital, I had the nurses and the lactation counselors essentially there at my beck and call for helping me navigate this journey because, you know, ultimately my milk wasn't coming in fast enough whether it was because my baby was a little small or because, you know, I had the C-section and my body was stressed and ultimately she had to be on formula and they were counseling me through that, but like also teaching me latch, all of those things, which I was really grateful for to have in the hospital rather than have that to deal with that at home. I, you know, I saw a pelvic floor specialist before, you know, during pregnancy to kind of just understand, I wanted to you know, get kind of the architecture and the anatomy and all the things down there before going through birth and to to also be well equipped for what signs to notice afterwards if something wasn't right. And then, you know, I had acupuncturist and a massage therapist. I ultimately didn't see them until like, I think it was like 10 or 12 weeks afterwards. You're, you know, your body's still recovering. And then, you know, my doula who, she, I didn't have a post doula 
but my doula often did visits after the birth to check in on you. And she was also available via text. So she was getting a lot of my, the, the, the questions that I would have Googled, she was getting them. And then I had, you know, my friends who had recently given birth. I didn't have that many friends who, so there were just, I think there were two that I would text. That's all you need, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. When there are too many, it, it, you get too many too conflicting many opinions. opinions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to think who else. I, You know, there were people who, like my childbirth educator, I had some friends who, and, and also just the Minesville community who I tapped into as well. I did actually try not to go on social media. I was advised in my pregnancy by somebody like just try not to go on social media because it, it you made it you'll just end up disappointed in one way or another like they they couldn't describe it they were just like you'll end up disappointed so I really tried to surrender and it was hard though you know you're alone and you know you try to surrender to the process and I, relying on professionals or friends was a lot less noisy than going down either the Google rabbit hole or you know social media yeah. So did you, like, were, like, were there any specific challenges that came up in your postpartum experience that kind of what was the impetus for starting Nestwell or kind of give me the genesis of how you were like, I need to start this business? Yeah, yeah. I actually, the idea came to me. So my Nestwell is ultimately the tool that I wish I would have had because during the fertility process, like I told you that I had an acupuncturist, I found an acupuncturist and I was you know, kind of looking, I was looking also for a nutritionist, I had a therapist, but it took me a really long time to find those people near me. You know, I read about, you know, research tells us about the benefits of acupuncture, especially when it comes to IVF and, and the fertility journey and, you know, how to optimize nutrition during fertility. There, there's lots of research on this, but to find the people who can kind of guide you in that process is really hard. Everything's so siloed, so fragmented. And you know, there's not really a one-stop shop. You know, I was frustrated in, fertil- in the fertility process. And then fast forward to pregnancy is actually what I was sitting on a train when the idea came to me because I remember I had a gazillion Google tabs open looking for a doula because I had decided that, you know, I thought a doula would be best for me and my husband going through this process. And I was just like so frustrated that I couldn't find somebody near me or that felt like I felt kind of fit kind of what the personality type that I wanted and all those things, right? And I was just like, why isn't there this one resource where you can find like all the people you need, like all the professionals, because my doctors didn't have answers for me, right? You know, I'd asked them and they just, they were like, I don't know, use Google. And I was like, well, I've tried that. And, you know, I wasn't in a position where I, I had friends nearby who could recommend their favorite people and I wasn't tapped into a network like that. You know, the idea came to me during pregnancy and that's when I started to build it. But it wasn't until basically the around the same time the birth of my daughter is when the, you know, my kind of beta site went live. And, you know, I always joke that I kind of birthed two babies in the same month and one was my Nestwell and, and one was Esme. And I think, you know, it was the same challenge at different stages in which felt you know, I felt so compelled to build my nest well. And while initially I focused strongly on the fertility and pregnancy period, because that's where my personal struggles were. And that's where I was talking to women um, who also were experiencing the same struggles to find their people. 
but the resource evolved as I've evolved as a mother, right? And, you know, I, I realized how grateful I was for the support that I had in the fourth trimester in that postpartum period. And then even beyond that, right, as I was navigating going back to work and all the struggles that come with that and the, the mental load and the just figuring out how to juggle motherhood with a career. Because I was in marketing at the time, right? I was going back to another job, but also I had mine as well because it was a passion project. And, you know, uh, while I eventually left that marketing job, there's there's still so much that I how my nest well has evolved is very much a reflection of how my own motherhood journey has evolved and the people that I've discovered along the way. Yeah, it's, it's, and it will continue. I feel as your daughter ages, you're going to be like, oh, you know what? We should have occupational therapists on here for oh pediatric occupational therapists and speech therapists and potty yeah. training consultants and sleep, you know, like all those things. Cause you're like, you, as you come on, you know, as problems, pop up, you're like, oh, there's probably an expert or resource for me on this. And Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. And like you can read, you know, I've read my fair share of books on, on a lot of things in the mom space. And those are wonderful tools to kind of to jumpstart you. And sometimes that's enough, right? But sometimes we need a little more the, a little more advice and support that's relevant to our situation. And, you know, do you have another kid? Are you having twins? You know, what, do you not have anybody around you to support you? Are you the first one of your friends going through this process? I think, you know, I think like books and blogs and everything are a great starting resource. And, but sometimes you just need another person to either hold that space for you or tell you, yes, you are doing the right thing. When that trust maybe falters in yourself or you're just not sure what direction to take next. Totally. Yeah. It's could not agree more. I think about one, one of the first people that we interviewed on the podcast was like young. She was 25 when she had her first kid. And so oh she goodness. was the first one of all of her friends. And, you know, this was 10 years ago. And she was like, you know, like I found my community in, in other moms on Instagram. Like she's and, and, and yeah. it's so interesting, like how people find connection in the new mom space right and it's just so important I feel like and it, it's it's become really apparent now with the pandemic like I, all of these new moms who don't get to go to new mom groups because right. we're all quarantining it's just you're alone and it's hard yeah yeah and I you know I'm glad you brought that up because you know something that I kind of glossed over during the pregnancy stage was I did have a pregnancy support group that I went to that I looked forward to every month because it was like these people get me they know what I'm going through we can talk about all the feelings like yeah. <laughs> all the things that nobody else will listen to and peer-to-peer -peer support is just as important I think as you know expert support. advice from your doctors advice from you know other experts I think having it's incredibly validating to, to see that you know, somebody else is, is going through it with you and, but they can also, you know, they can learn from you, but they can also give advice and see, you know, you can see what's working for them. And, you know, you, while the, the in-person groups can't happen, a lot is happening in the virtual space and a lot of like our providers have pivoted. I actually just released this event calendar, kind of community calendar on my Nestwell because I, I know how important peer-to-peer -peer support is. And so it's a chance for providers who may be hosting these new mom support groups or postpartum support groups or 
even fertility support groups. It's a way for them to kind of promote their services because unless you're following the right person on Instagram or Facebook or you you're in the know, which a lot of just don't have the time to be in, you know, this is a, a one-stop shop to find that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's yeah. I, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> so you've given so many like important pieces of advice throughout this interview, but if you were to like pick out one thing, like one piece of advice for new and expectant moms, what would that be? Oh, geez. There's so much. I think, you know, one of the things that my husband told me when we were deep into the fertility process and I was just, you know, I was just bawling my eyes out. I was saying it wasn't fair. You know, why do I have to go through this? Nobody else does. He, you know, his way to, you know, comfort me, which I'm actually grateful for now, (laughs) was, you know, he told me, Emily, you know, everyone has a struggle. And this just happens to be ours. And I don't know how many times I've told myself in this process when things get really hard that while it may seem like somebody else has it easier or you see a mom at the park and she looks all put together or, you know, you know, why is her child behaving and mine is not or how can she do all those things? And I'm, everybody has a struggle. It's just you can't see it. And, yeah. you know, that just knowing that and it takes away this comparison game that we can often play it takes away and it makes you be a little more present and it's okay well this is my struggle now now how do I get through it how do I get through it rather than you know it's not fair and so I think you know I just I want people to know that motherhood is beautiful but it's also messy and that you may have, you may conceive naturally, you may have a beautiful pregnancy and birth and postpartum may be really hard for you. Or it could be, you know, vice versa. I think we all hit bumps and knowing that we're not alone in the struggle, but that there are resources and there are tools and there are other people out there to help you is so important. I love that. Yep. And it could not be more true. I feel like the, like the comparison trap is so easy to fall into and, and it's just, everyone has their own story. This is Mm -hmm. just yours. And if you can focus on that, it makes it much easier to not fall into the, like, you know, woe is me and this is so hard and everyone else has it so easy because like just everyone has their own story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have one more question. I just, cause I want, I like, we've talked about what Nestwell is, but I want you to give me, walk me through like the user experience, like how I could get to Nestwell, how, what I would use it for and what that looks like for any mom. or pregnant Yeah. Person. Yeah. You know, you go to the website, mynestwell.com. And then from there, you can either search organically for somebody, you know, you search by provider type, whether it's like acupuncturist or fertility coach or pelvic floor specialist. And then once you get to to that page, you can um, kind of filter down to what you need. Maybe you had a C-section and you want to see a pelvic floor specialist who's really um, well-trained in that. And then, you know, that's if you know exactly who you're looking for. But to be honest, a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't know what providers are out there or who can help us. And so you either can schedule a well mama consult, which is basically a call with me. And I, you know, just talk about, you know, what, where are you at in your motherhood journey? Are you trying to conceive? Are you going back to work? And we have a conversation and I kind of work one-on-one with you to, to match you to different providers. And then, 
you know, the third option is really, it, it's kind of a fun experience, no matter um, what, it's, it's really if you're curious about who, who could help you. And it's, we have a quiz, so you can go in and take a quiz. And that kind of just gives you an indication of the types of people who may be able to support you along the way. And then if you want to schedule a mama consult after that, then you can. But I think what's neat about the quiz is it kind of validates some of the feelings, right? It, you know, it's the in the answers of oh okay it's normal for other women to experience this and you know once you kind of get matched with your providers or filter down to your providers you reach out to them and start a conversation but you know a lot of the information is on the site about them and you know you can connect with them through there but you know the site will continue to evolve you know this year we're really investing in a lot of more resources on what questions to ask providers. How do you know if you need somebody exactly? You know, what, you know, we have some information on there and what can you, what, what cost can you expect to incur when you work with somebody? Is insurance going to cover this? So we certainly have some of that advice, but we definitely want to make it more robust. And, you know, this is such a hard time. Mom's going to, it's just hard. It's hard. And so we want to simplify the process and get them connected to the right people more easily. I love that. And I, I, what I think what's probably wonderful for your business and wonderful for any moms look, you know, listening to this podcast is like the land, medical landscape has changed so much in the last year. Like where like telehealth is now like legit and mm-hmm. it could be a better option. Especially because I remember go, getting, going to a doctor when I had a new kid and I'm like dragging the stroller, you know, whatever. But it's just, like, yeah, if I could, you know, have a couple of these appointments you know, from the, my own home and my kids napping. Oh my God, that's incredible. And so oh my God. Yeah. that is the upside of the pandemic is that we've now learned to do things remotely and, and for the things that can't be done remotely, like sure, but there's a lot of providers that you'll, you know, I'm sure that are on Nestwell that are all telehealth and that are great, you know, great for anyone. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the filters we have. So if you're just looking for virtual support, then, and you don't, you know, don't feel safe or you're a new mom and it's like the thought of getting out with your infant (laughs) is like terrifying you know you can filter down by somebody who offers virtual services and which is really neat and the same goes for you know the community calendar where you can most of the events now are really only virtual but you know it's a way once once COVID ends you'll still be able to filter down if you want virtual support or or in real life support love it well I love what you're doing and I'm very excited to have you on the podcast so that our audience can hear about you guys and what you're doing. And it's just so awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. This was such, such a joy for me. You know, I love what you guys are doing too. You're always an inspiration to, to me. And I wish I would have found you during my pregnancy journey. You know, I love this community of, of people trying to lift other moms up. So thank, thank you for the opportunity. Wonderful. And we made it through the entire podcast without any babies on either side of us. <laughs> I will see what happens when I go downstairs and catch my dog. The house has probably been destroyed. So. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Right. We will survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Okay. That's all for today. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a mama friend and leave us a review. If you're pregnant, postpartum, or trying to conceive, you can download the Juna app completely free for seven days. The app is available for iOS and Android and is designed to be your guide for all things health and fitness for this very special time of your life. If you have any suggestions for episodes you would like to hear or anyone you think would be a great guest on the show, please email me directly at sarah at juna.co. 
Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.